Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let me tell you all something about Anchor. If you ever want to start your own podcast or create your own podcast, Anchor makes it really easy. First of all, it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more popular platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All gas, no brakes. Uh, And now we have liftoff. Welcome into the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. And of course, it wouldn't be a show without my guy, Frank Piccolo. Frank, what is up, my man? Yo, John, how we feeling? First and foremost, I want to give our uh, thoughts and prayers with Coach Greg Knapp. No, definitely have our thoughts and prayers with Coach Greg Knapp. And if you haven't heard the news, seen the news, uh, Greg Knapp was involved in a bicycle accident where he was struck by a vehicle and so he's in critical condition and you know his it's um you know he's fighting for his life right now so we definitely um you know thoughts and prayers are with him and um you know hope hope wish him the best and his family as well but you know we have we continue on with our show that now we have liftoff new york jets podcast and we have a uh, variety of topics today. We are going to cover some news, not a lot of it, just a little bit. Now, uh, then we're also going to talk about, you know, the uh, rookies reporting to training camp and, um, you know, training camp as a whole. And then we obviously get into these D-line breakdowns. We've been doing these positional breakdowns. Um, obviously, the quarterback position, uh, wide receiver, running backs, those were all done. Tight ends as well. Offensive line was also done two weeks ago, and that's our first episode that's actually up on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Um, if you're listening to us on on podcast platforms, you want to go come check us out on YouTube. Definitely hit pause, go check us out right now. You would uh you de- you got to see Frank man because if you are a Jets fan, then you know. Uh, you've seen Jets content, Eric Allen. I keep, I told Frank as soon as he put that polo on, I felt like we had Eric Allen guest appearing on the pod today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a bad man. You're a bad man. 
But hey, man, let's talk about. Oh, also, how could I forget? Mailbag questions. New segment. Uh, we decided to start something new. Interact with more listeners. Interact with the fans. Mailbag questions. So you could submit your questions, whether DM them on Twitter. Or if you know Frank or I personally, you could text them to us. Uh, you could send them to the uh, now we have liftoff at gmail. Now we have liftoff nyj at gmail dot com. Um, but yeah, DM them to us on social media. Uh, now we have liftoff on Instagram, liftoff underscore nyj on Twitter. Uh, so definitely, we are open to interacting with fans and and, and listeners in a variety of ways. So just. You know, whether you want to follow us individually, Frank at Frankie Bots on Twitter, for at Frankie G53 on Instagram, and me at JR Football Nerd on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. We also have a TikTok, Frank. How could I forget the Now We Have Liftoff TikTok account? Yeah, we're getting with the times there, bro. Yes, absolutely. So, you know what? Let's stop talking about all this social media stuff. Obviously, listeners know how to reach us. Let's talk about the let's talk about the real stuff. So we're gonna talk about the New York Jets training camp. The rookies they reported into training camp yesterday, and so while they're not practicing right now, um, it, they are still reporting and still getting in the building and being you know in, introduced uh, to the NFL life. And then the team reports next week, and then that's when practices begin. And obviously, the Jets having a rookie head coach. They are they are awarded uh, or afforded extra time to prepare for the season. Frank, what are we are are we getting hyped up a little bit now? As we're getting a little bit closer, you hear people reporting to training camp. The juice has got to be flowing now, right? If they're not, there's something wrong. You getting a little worried that uh, Zach Wilson hasn't signed yet, or Elijah Moore hasn't signed yet? No, I mean, obviously, we know AVT, he recently signed his contract just yesterday as we record this on July 21st. So actually, listeners probably are used to us recording this on a Saturday. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore could have signed. But I'm not nervous about it now. I'll get a little, obviously, I'll get nervous about it as we get closer to training camp. You know, the first day of practice, if they're still not signed, then I'd be a little bit concerned. You know, you and I spoke a little bit about it. A few weeks back when Trevor Lawrence signed his deal, the expectation is Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the draft, also plays quarterback. Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft, plays quarterback. There, there's got to be some posturing there in terms of, you know, what did Trevor Lawrence get in terms of the offsets? Because that's what the big difference is, right? All these, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, you know, guys, why are the... Why are they squabbling over contracts? I thought all these rookie contracts were slotted based on draft slot. Well, they are, but the difference is in the offsets. And what that means is if a team cuts, if say the Jets cut Zach Wilson after after you know before his contract is up, he would have the opportunity if there are no offsets in the deal to be able to basically double dip. So whatever you know his contract is fully guaranteed. The Jets would have to pay that to him, and whatever contract he got from a new team, he would he would make that money as well. Where the offset comes in is if you know the Jets are what they're fighting for is hey, if we cut you, we release you, then whatever you make, we'll pay the difference on the contract. And you know what? Honestly, I think it's it's so it's such a not a ridiculous thing because both sides obviously have their reasoning for wanting to do it one way or the other. But I've always felt like if you're 
if you're Zach Wilson, right, don't you believe that, well, I'm not going to get cut because I'm that good of a player. I believe in myself. I believe in my talent to be able to, to, to not get released. And if you're the Jets, don't you believe in the player that you just spent the number two overall pick on? So I don't know. It's, it's interesting for me, but Frank, what are your thoughts on that? I just think it, you know, it sets a precedent and, you know, we kind of, came into that with the Le'Veon Bell contract that with his offsets where he last year, he was allowed to double dip, still getting paid by the Jets and still getting paid by KC. Just get this deal done. You know, new regime, everybody's feeling good. This can only hurt the fan base and the excitement that we all have. Yeah. I mean, if Zach Wilson is not out there, first day training camp, it definitely uh, puts a you know a damper in things a little bit. You know we we saw that happen with Darnold last year. I mean Le'Veon Bell situation, like you said, it was a, a different regime that put that contract together. So you know Zach, I mean J- Joe Douglas, we've seen him draw a line in the sand with players of you know all skill level and and of all uh, experience level as well. So. I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be treated much differently here, but let's, let's, uh, I mean, I mean, same thing with Elijah Moore. I'm not concerned. I mean, his situation is a little bit different uh, in terms of his rookie deal, but you know, I, I'm not concerned about his deal as well, but let's get into the juice, Frank. And that's, that's the D line, man. I mean, we, we kind of teased it last episode. We talked about this group as being not probably definitely the, the, best position group on this roster when you look at not in not only the talent at the top of it but also the depth throughout it and so I think it's a really good group and and it's one that starts with a free agent addition because I think that's where the excitement comes we've always been strong on the interior of the defensive line but on the edge is where it's been a little bit weak and so that's when where Carl Lawson comes in right the free agent signing over from from Cincinnati signs a three year deal. I think worth I think it was sixteen and a half million dollars. I don't have the exact number in front of me, forgive me, but um is a guy that has known for his quarterback hits, his QB pressures, things of that nature, doesn't have the sack production, but the idea is that in this Robert Sala defense fits this wide nine scheme very well, can play that Joey Bosa type role that Nick Bosa type role out there on the edge and and wreak havoc you know what are your expectations for Carl Lawson in his first year in the green and white Frank I think if he doesn't have double digit sacks it's going to be a disappointment but when you look at edge rushers you also have to put into context how many quarterback hits are they getting how often is he making the quarterback rush his throws, move off of his spot. Like that all comes into effect. And the defensive line kind of works like the offensive line, that they all have to work in unison together. And uh, Solid Ulbrich talked about it, that if Carl Lawson is rushing that edge and you have Quinnen in the middle, that quarterback's not going to be able to move up. So his sack total should also go up. And, who on this defensive line, when you have Quinnen in the middle, are you going to double and feel confident that these offensive linemen are going to be able to, to win those one-on-one battles? 
Yeah, Carl Lawson, like you said, he's a guy who has gotten that that quarterback hit production. You want to see that become sack production. Has a career high eight and a half sacks, which he did as a rookie, but since then has his highest was five and a half, which he did last year. Uh, the the contract details uh, three years, forty five million dollars. I just remember it being somewhere around fifteen million dollars a year. But you know, like you said, the expectation is this quarterback, these quarterbacks should not have a place to step up. And I think when you look at the Jets now, they have the ability where before you knew that if they played a team with a weak interior defensive line, that they were going to feast. And now they don't, it doesn't have to be so, you know, opponent based. Now they can be a little bit more versatile in terms of the grouping and the packaging that they have with these defensive lines and how they can attack opposing offensive lines. And so, like you said, Quentin Williams coming off a beast of a season, only played 13 games last year in year two, did have seven sacks, had 55 total uh, total tackles for an interior defensive lineman, 10 tackles for a loss, 14 quarterback hits. The dude was absolutely a menace. I mean, remember his three-sack game against the San Francisco 49ers. I, I mean, this guy just terrorized people. And, you know, you could kind of see – in year, you know, in year one, people were a little bit disappointed with the season Quinnen had. In year two, you really saw the light switch come on, and he was still playing in that Greg Williams style of of defense. Now he's entering a Robert Sala style defense, and he's ent- he's entering a Robert Sala style defense, and is going to be able to attack now. And so I think this is really we're going to see a, a like if we could pick a most improved player for the New York Jets in 2021, in my opinion, it's got to be Quentin Williams. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And and it's not even good that he's going to – obviously, he's going to improve. And his year last year was productive. But he didn't have a Robin to his Batman. You know, when you talk about Quentin and his production, who was the most other productive Jet – on that D line, maybe John Franklin Myers or Fotokasi. You know, I don't really know what their production was, but you know, and you also have to account that you know you you have Mosley back in the mix. So, and I think that's going to be a, another addition. Yeah, I think Mosley in the middle of the defense is going to help. And, and again, just going back to the scheme, man. I mean, Quentin Williams, when you looked at him and out, when you watched him at Alabama, you could see the athlete that he was. And to make him a passive type defensive tackle where he's catching guys or he's moving laterally, I don't think that's really what you want from Quinn. And you want him, you know, pinning his ears back, getting up the field as your traditional three technique. I mean, Quinn hasn't played much three technique since becoming since, you know, getting drafted to the New York Jets. And that's his ideal fit in a, in a in a defense. Right. I mean, he's like you're. You know, again, I'm not saying he this is who he is, but he's like your Aaron Donald or like your Warren Sapp, where you just put him in the three technique spot and you just let him wreak havoc on de- on opposing offensive lines. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and he's also not built to play that one technique. You know, he's he didn't have the size like Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, that wide, tall body with those ridiculously long arms where you could play that double gap. So I'm excited that they're just going to let him pin his ears back, get to the quarterback, stop that run, 
and um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, man. I mean, look, Quentin could. I mean, Quentin could play all across the D line. He's just why not just keep him at the three technique? But you talked about the the previous. Uh, you talked about not having a a Robin to his Batman, but I think John Franklin Myers from <laughs> uh, you know from last year would disagree probably with that statement. I mean, he was a guy that flashed a little bit in 2019. Really came on in 2020 as a as a you know real full time starter for the Jets. I mean, sorry, he was on the practice squad in 2019 and flashed in I guess practices, but in 2020 was a full time player for the Jets and really flashed. Um, you know, having did have three sacks, 13 quarterback hits, uh, got to play a lot uh, across from from Quinnen being his running mate, and I think he really fits as your strong side defensive end here in this solid defense where he has the ability to slide inside on passing downs. You know, this is a guy that's a really good athlete in John Franklin Myers. And so what are your expectations, Frank, for JFM in 2021? I believe he's going to spell Quinnen or maybe he spells Sheldon rankings uh, at times. I'm excited to see what he could do with this you know, I think Carl Lawson's really going to change the way people try to attack this defensive line because I believe the Jets were a top 10 even last year against the run. So it's going to be interesting to see that if, if the teams aren't able to run the ball on first and second down, if the Jets are able to get to the passer on that third down, or teams decide to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, and, and you know you always you always want to be careful when you pick stats like that because it could have been. I mean, a lot of it is also because the Jets didn't have a ton of talent in the secondary, and they were terrible that way. And so, why would you want to run the ball against them? But they, to your point though, they like when you look at them, the personnel wise with the big bodies that they had, it would have been difficult. It was difficult to run the ball on them. Um, but again, it was just easier to pass. But when you look at, again, this D-line, how it's built, like you're saying, Carl Lawson does make it tougher to attack, but I think it also allows where now you have a true edge that you don't have to out, you don't have to mischaracterize a guy as an edge because you don't have an edge presence, right? Like when it reminds me when Sheldon Richardson was here, or Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, or Leonard Williams, those were our edge rushers because we didn't really have edges. Like one of those guys always had to play on the edge because we didn't have one. And so I think when you look at this D-line, Carl Lawson, like you said, he can be a full-time edge. John Franklin Myers, he can be like that five or seven technique or where he's playing out on the tight end um, and can slide in on passing downs. And so then, you know, I think a guy, another guy who I know we, we don't look at him as a starter, but I think when we talk about base defenses, you know, how often is a team in base? That's another point. But when we talk about base defenses, Foley Fadakasi is a guy that I think is going to have a big time role in this defensive line, no matter what, as a traditional, your traditional nose tackle and run stuffing defensive tackle. What are your expectations for Foley? I love Foley. He's probably my second favorite player on the Jets D line last year, right after Quinnen. He just, he just plays with that motor that never give up attitude. And he should have a really big year 
especially if he's able to play next to Quinnen on certain down and distances, because I think when teams start to key on Quinnen and they start to key on Lawson, that he could have that really breakout year, kind of like what you saw in San Fran in 2019. Yeah. Um, John, I mean, Foley Fadakasi is an absolute beast of a run stuffer. I mean, his story, Connor, I mean, he was drafted. Dame, Snacks Harrison wasn't drafted, but he, he's kind of reminiscent of Snacks and where it's like, hey, who's this unheralded guy? You know, this big, this really big guy who comes out of nowhere and just becomes like a dominant run stuffer. And, you know, I think they both were 94 actually, too. So, uh, you know, definitely following in, in good footsteps there with Foley. And like you said, I think he could be dominant. I mean, just he's already good at what he does, which is dominate as a, a run stuffer, right? First and second down, you want to run the ball short yardage situations. Foley Fadikasi, he's he's going to make it really tough for you. And I mean, I love his story too, because he's a guy that really took to Steve McClendon's mentorship when Steve McClendon was here. Uh, he used to work out with him. He still works out with him. And he talked and he just talked about how, you know, the Steve McClendon had left that impact on him. And so he's a guy that had really taken to that. And I think he's going to be really good for the, the other young defensive line up and coming in this room. And another guy who's going to be good for the young and up and coming defensive line is Sheldon Rankins, who you look at him. He's a guy who has championship pedigree. I mean, didn't win a championship with New Orleans, but playoff pedigree with the New Orleans Saints, signed with the Jets in the offseason. He's a guy that has dealt with injuries throughout his career, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best interior rushers that there is in football. So, Frank, what is the excitement level here with Sheldon Rankins? I know we talked about it in the offseason when we signed him, but to now see this D-line, see it, kind of seeing it come together, what's the expectations for Sheldon? I don't think we know what the expectations are yet for him and Curry and the rest of the free agent D linemen that they brought in, right? I I guess we're going to have to wait to preseason, preseason to see how they use that rotation. Are they going to use it like San Fran? Or are they going to use it like the 07 Giants did when they won that Super Bowl where you got a NASCAR package, then you got a big package? Like, it's interesting to see how Salah and Ulbrich design this defense and the personnel that they decide to use against certain teams. Yeah. I mean, like we've talked about before, I think maybe outside of Foley Fadikasi, cause I think he's the only guy like him on the jets roster. Um, you know, a guy that we expect to make the, to make the roster at least, but Foley Fadikasi, he's a guy outside of him. I think everybody's got like a direct backup on the team, right? We talked about it before with Carl Lawson to Bryce Huff and, you know, Quinnen Williams to maybe a Nathan Shepard and a Sheldon Rankins to like a John Franklin Myers and, you know, so on and so forth. You can go down the line with these guys. And so I think there's going to be a, an opportunity here where you can mix it up, where, you know, you could keep these guys fresh, fresh by rotating them in, but you could also play them situationally. You'll have your packages where, okay, we know this is a rundown, so let's get our bigs out there, or we know this is a passing down. So, you know, are we going to see times where there's Carl Lawson and Bryce Huff on the field at the same time, right? Like that would be interesting to see. And so 
you know, why don't we talk about the depth of this D-line? Because there's a lot of guys here that could potentially, you know, not even make this roster. When you look at Ronald Blair, who Robert Sala said, if you if you want to win championships, then you want players like Ronald Blair on your team. Uh, you've got Nathan Shepard, who we alluded to, got a lot, got a real bad rap, you know, after being drafted in, back in 2018. But, you know, he's a guy that has flashed at times. He's a really good depth piece, I, I like to think. Um, then there's also Vinny Curry, who he's a guy that escaped me earlier, but he's a guy that can fill in. You know, are we going to see him and Carl Lawson on the edge at the same time? You know, those are things that we have to think about. Then there's Bryce Huff, who, you know, I know that you're a huge fan of. You know, I think you know, obviously he's he's a guy that needs some retooling. He's got all the physical skills in the world, but with this coaching staff where, you know, they're known for getting for really building up this position, Robert Sala specifically, you know, you'd like the the prospects of a guy like Bryce Huff. And then there's Jabari Zuniga, a third round pick last year of Joe Douglas, but he was for the Greg Williams defense. Does he really fit into this Robert Sala defense? We'll have to really find out, especially as we get into training camp and preseason. But some of these guys won't make the roster. But Frank, oh, I almost forgot a guy who's a favorite of ours and Kyle Phillips. You know, he's a guy can play edge. He can play interior defensive line. He can play outside linebacker, which we saw him do at times for Greg Williams. And so Kyle Phillips is, you know, he's I think he's one of those guys that you really like to have as a depth piece as well, but all these guys can't make the roster, Frank. So which of these guys, I guess we've, we've talked about this before. If the, if the jets keep eight or nine guys, right. We're looking at Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins, Foley Fadakasi, Quinnen Williams, Vinnie Curry. Those five are probably guaranteed to make the roster. And then you've got to pick three more. Who are you picking to make this roster, Frank? Well, in my opinion, I think Ronald Blair is probably the safest bet. When you look at when you look at coaches, right, they all bring in that one guy to help solidify knowing that defense. Rex did it when he brought in Jim Leonard and Bart Scott. You know, Rex always talked about how you couldn't have enough defensive backs. Well, it looks like Robert Sala has gone the complete opposite and said he can't have enough defensive linemen. So I think he's safe, but when you go down the line, I think they're probably going to end up cutting Zuniga because I don't think he fits this defense, and they're probably going to cut Nathan Shepard because, again, he does things that other players on the D-line do, but not as well. Yeah, I I think I'm I think I'm with you there. I mean, Ronald Blair when when the head coach says. You don't if if you like winning championships, you want players like Ronald Blair on your team. I don't think he can then cut them because then it's like, Coach, do you not like winning championships? But <laughs> no, but seriously, I think Ronald Blair does make the team for you know a lot of the reasons that you were saying as well. He's gonna help teach these guys this system. He's a guy that had actually had a pretty good year, uh, suffered from a torn ACL, so you know the Jets are buying low on him, banking that maybe he can bounce back in, in, in Robert Sala's defense. Bryce Huff, to me, seems like a guy who's safe just because him and Carl Lawson are the only two people like them. So I don't think you can cut Bryce Huff knowing that you don't really have a guy to fill in behind Carl Lawson. 
And yeah, I think Javari Zaniga is, I mean, it's going to come down to like Zaniga, Nathan Shepard, Kyle Phillips, right? I think those of those three guys, which one of those guys makes it. And I think I'm betting on, oh, shoot. And how could I forget about Jonathan Marshall, the rookie defensive tackle from uh, Arkansas? I think it was, Ar- forget, University of Arkansas Pine Bush? I don't know. I'd be guessing if I said anything right now. But Jonathan Marshall, the twitchy defensive lineman, you know, he's a guy that could be a practice squad guy. Maybe the Jets cut him and, and get him on the pra- – try to see if they can sneak him onto the practice squad. But, yeah, I'm sorry, Nathan Shepard. Like you said, you're you're one of many. So you're replaceable. And uh, Jabari Zaniga, if they do keep him, it's because Joe, it was – if he comes out in training camp and doesn't look great and they keep him, it's because Joe Douglas didn't want to uh, give up on his third-round pick too early. I don't think he's a much of a special teams player, could be a much of a special teams contributor. And so don't see how he has a way onto this roster. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I think that's all we got for the D line. I mean, all right. I know we've done, we've played this game before, but I'll ask you again. How many sacks do Carl Lawson and Quinton Williams get combined in 2021? 26. Was that, is that a very green rose colored green? Oh, you know it. You know, I have to. (laughs) No, no, but all serious, seriously, probably, probably 22, because I think Lawson's going to have around 12 sacks. Yeah, I think, I think I could, I could legit see, I, I, I mean, I could legit, I think Quinn and Williams will have double digit sacks this season. I like I said, I'm projecting a breakout season, most improved player on this team. I think it will be him because he was on his way to a phenomenal year last year, got hurt. He's coming into a system that actually fits him and fits him well. And so Quentin Williams, to me, double-digit sacks is got to be in the question. Um, as far as Carl Lawson, if I say Quentin gets – I'll take the 12 sacks that you gave to Carl Lawson. I'll give him to Quentin. And I'll say that Carl Lawson – I think Carl Lawson can get to 10. I think Carl Lawson can get to – So I, if I had to pick the number, it would be somewhere between 8 and 10. But I, I definitely think he could get to ten. We'll, we'll go with it, and uh, yeah, we'll go with twenty-two. I'll, I like your I like your bet of twenty-two. But we'll definitely see a team that they'll be higher in the sack numbers than we're used to the jet than we're used to seeing the Jets in recent years. Yeah, I think you're going to go back to those John Abraham, Sean Ellis type of days where they're both competing at, to who had more sacks on the team. It's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, definitely. I'm, it's going to be exciting. Again, I say we say this all the time. I say it all the time. The fo- the football is going to be fun, man. The Jets, the Jets playing football is going to be fun again. And I don't care what the record is. Just make the games fun. I just want to see offense that scores points. I want to see a defense that makes plays, forces turnovers, affects the quarterback, and I just want it to be fun again, man. And and that's really all we could ask for. And what could be more fun, Frank, than a mailbag? So let's get into it. And what could be more fun, Frank, than a mailbag? 
is a mailbag question by Frank Jim Piccolo, senior. And so the question that comes in from Frank Senior, do you think that the this do you think that the controversy between Zach Wilson and his mother will adversely affect Zach Wilson's play and what can the Jets do to help him through this time? Well, first I have to preface this by saying that my father is a Sam Stan. So I believe that people that think that Sam shouldn't have been traded and that he should have had another shot use this as an excuse, right? Like, oh, we should have kept Sam. Look what his mom is doing. At the end of the day, I kind of believe this is going to fizzle out once the season starts. And if Zach is playing well, this is going to be a mute point anyways. That's how I feel. What about you? Nah, man, I 100% feel the same way. I mean, if Zach's playing well, this is not going to be a topic, right? I mean, obviously it's New York, it's New York media. I mean, Manish isn't on the beat anymore, so maybe we won't get a ton of drama. But I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens in terms of who wants to really be the one to cover Zach Zach Wilson's mom and make a story make a story centered around that. I mean, I would love to see which Jets beat writer would would do that. But like you said, if he's playing well, moot point. If he's not Rich. playing, hey 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 hey, Rich is still on the beat. Might might want to get him on the show. We must not get Rich too upset now. <laughs> but but uh no we're definitely I think it's a moot point ultimately right but I could see how it comes up if he doesn't play well I could see how people will bring it up and use it against them and like you said the people that wanted Darnold here how they could potentially use that against him I wanted Darnold here but I'm not sitting here saying that stuff but anyway let's move on to the next question which comes from Twitter at the PSTS on Twitter asked, lots of Jets fans were hoping that we could potentially bring Richard Sherman in on a one-year deal. Do you think this is still an option after the events that have taken place in these past couple of days? I'll start with this one. You know, I, I don't think the Jets, I mean, I don't think the Jets were really in on Richard Sherman. You know, I think it was probably, it was a situation where if Richard Sherman wanted to play football and he wanted to come to the Jets and he didn't really like what was what was out there and he's like hey Sala let me come let, let me come check you out in New York and Sala's like oh yeah you know I love you man let's go I think that was a possibility but I don't think that the Jets were the top of Richard Sherman's priority list now I think the market for him probably I don't say I'm not going to say it's going to get dry. I think it's just probably going to be a little slow uh, as obviously more details come out and people teams seek out more details. But ultimately, I don't think much will be made of it. And I think we'll see Richard Sherman on a football field come uh, sometime 2021. Yeah, first and foremost, you know, there's such this stigma with men in general with mental health. I just hope he gets the help that he needs, talk to whoever he needs to talk to so he could be the football player that we love watching on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. Yeah, definitely hope that that happens, man. Um, And then this next question that we got on Twitter actually inspired a Twitter poll that we did. So 
Frank, I know, has the the results of that poll, but it was from my guy P2W Fantasy on Twitter asked who is the single most I mean the question I think was posed as a fantasy question but we'll take it you know and we we moved it into a football a Jets related football question but who's the most polarizing player or New York Jets player as we enter the 2021 season and Frank do you have the results of that poll we put up Zach Wilson Denzel Mims Chris Herndon and then we had an option for other if I'm not mistaken and the winner is the winner is Zach Wilson by far. He had 60% of the vote. And I could see that if Zach, if not, okay, it depends, right? Because if, if Jet fans, if if more than just Jet fans voted on that poll, then I could see it being Zach Wilson because people outside of the Jets are like, Either Zach Wilson's going to be fine or Zach Wilson's going to be the biggest bust in this class. And there's those are the two ends of the spectrum that they're on. Whereas Jet fans are kind of just like, you know, we're not saying, I mean, there's obviously there's extremes in, in Jets amongst the Jet fans, but the average Jet fan is like, you know, I think Zach Wilson could be pretty good, but I'm actually more excited about everything else around him, you know? And so... To me, I don't think Zach Wilson is the most polarizing player, Jets player. To me, of the players on that poll, it had to be Denzel Mims because when you just look at what people are saying about Denzel Mims in his second year, some people are saying, oh, he's not even going to make the team or he's going to be the wide receiver five, um, you know, all these different things. I think that's all blown out of proportion. I think Denzel Mims is perfectly fine. I think he'll be a perfectly fine number two receiver or potentially more for the next, you know, four to five years with the New York Jets. So, Frank, what were your thoughts on the results of the poll, and who is the most polarizing Jets player for you? Yeah, just like you, I was a little confused, and I kind of thought that non-Jet fans were voting on that poll. Um, and your line of thinking, I don't, I didn't think it was Denzel Mims. I actually think it's Chris Herndon, because when you look at his rookie campaign and how well he did his rookie year, and then – it kind of seemed like he jumped off or dropped off a cliff. Like even last year, he couldn't catch the ball. And don't know if that's his confidence was shot because of the bad play calling by Adam Gase. But, you know, no one knows what you're getting with Chris Herndon. It's like Russian roulette. He'll have a good game and then you won't see him for eight weeks. Yeah, I guess I didn't really consider Chris Herndon because to me, I'm still a, a somewhat Chris Herndon apologist in a way. I think that he's okay. I think he's fine. Uh, but I also, there's there was the report that he lost some snaps to like Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin during training camp. And so that was probably a little discouraging there. So I could see where Chris Herndon is polarizing, and I, I that totally makes sense. And so did I say training camp? I meant OTAs. But um, definitely, definitely think that we will see an improved Chris Herndon because it's not hard to improve from what Chris Herndon did last year. Definitely not. Uh, but Frank, oh, sorry, how can I forget? We have one last question. Comes from Blue J Way, Blue J underscore Way on Twitter says which jets which young jets running backs and wide receivers 
will be contributors on special teams, enabling them to be active on game days and possibly getting playing time at wide receiver and or running back. So, Frank, I'm going to throw this question to you first, but um, and then I'll take it after. But just to set you up, the Jets only drafted one running back. I guess, oh, I guess it says young running back and young wide receiver. So it doesn't necessarily imply that they're rookies. It's just that they're younger. So, Frank, I'll throw it to you. Which of these guys do you think fit that criteria here? I think the only one that really does is Josh Adams, right? Because when you think about it, all the other players that are going to be contributing is Braxton Berrios. He's been in the league a little while. Keelan Cole, he's been in the league a little while. Elijah Moore is definitely going to be playing. Michael Carter is definitely going to be contributing on offense. So who else is really there? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I mean, it's got to be one of the running backs, right? When you look at guys, I mean, Brax, I mean, I said Brax Barris. Um, well, Michael P. Ryan, Josh Adams, Michael Carter, we definitely know is playing. But, you know, Michael P. Ryan and Josh Adams are really fighting for that last, that I we think that last spot on the roster. And so it's going to come through special teams. Is in terms of Braxton Barris, I think he's the guy here, right? Because I mean, he's he's been in the league since. I mean, he was drafted in 2018, but he didn't play at all in 2018. And his first year playing was 2019 with Adam Gase uh, in that on that New York Jets team. And last year was his most significant playing time. So I still think he's a young player. So he's a guy I think where you know, especially if I know I know the guy that asked this question, Charles. He's He's probably asking from a from a fantasy perspective, but Braxton Berrios, if you're looking at a dynasty league or something, he's a guy that is gonna find his way on the field. And then when you look at Jamison Crowder and and you know him potentially not being on the roster next year, there's a there's a world where Braxton Berrios is potentially useful in fantasy where you have return yardage leagues, which I know that's one Charles plays in against me so maybe i'm giving him advice but he's a loyal listener to the fantasy football diagnostics podcast shameless plug so he's a guy that i'm willing to give advice to because that's what i do with loyal listeners actually mainly anybody so if you have any questions just hit me up but uh much appreciated there uh that is all we have in terms of the mailbag questions frank so if you want to hear your questions send them over DM them to the show. We'll get to them when uh, we'll definitely get to them. But, you know, we don't want to have a mailbag segment with just one question. So if we get a bunch of questions in here, we'll definitely have the segment. So tell everybody, tell your friends, hey, tell them, hey, listen, listen to this Jets podcast show that now we have Liftoff New York Jets podcast found on Apple, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google Play, uh, and as well as YouTube, where these two guys one of them handsome, one of them not so much. Just just messing with you, Frank. You shouldn't talk about yourself like that, John. That's not <laughs> cool. Not everybody could be as handsome as handsome Frank. <laughs> handsome Frank. Okay. That that one is gonna stick around for a little bit. No, I'm not gonna be the one to call you that though. But anyway, make sure you tell them to 
check out this show out. Hit up, hit us up with some mailbag questions. Ton of fun. Next week, Frank, or I say next week. That's how excited I am to record our next show that I want to do it next week. But in two weeks, Frank, we're recording. We're talking about linebackers, breaking down the linebacker position. And so that is going to be a very fun show. CJ Mosley and the whole crew, it's going to be an, an awesome time. We're definitely going to talk about uh, that position. And by then, training camp will have started. There will be some new, some more news, some more buzz. By then, I'll have this Curtis Martin poster behind me in a picture frame and hung up on the wall. So it's going to be awesome, y'all. Promise it. So please, again, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you show us some love in the comments. Uh, make sure you leave a, a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. or No, we're not on Stitcher, but we should be. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else where you can really find podcasts. So everybody, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. And we're out of here. Peace. Much love, y'all.